Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to continue our series in which we've entitled Detox. Because uh, I believe that there are things that we need to detox from in our spirit uh, in order to uh, just fulfill all that God has for us. And so go with me to an Old Testament scripture, the book of Exodus. It's actually the second book of the Old Testament. The first one being Genesis, the next one being Exodus. So it should be real simple, real easy to find. And we're going to go to Exodus chapter 16. And then right after that, we're going to go to a New Testament book entitled Hebrews. And I'll give you a little bit of background on both of those. But uh, this idea of detoxing in our spiritual life, it's a necessity, it's a must. Uh, I've been through some natural cleanses before and some natural detoxes. And, uh, man, if you've ever done one of those, it's, it's kind of a painful process going through it as you take certain foods out, you know, caffeine, sodas, any, any soda drinkers out there, right? No, okay. Kudos. Okay, I got some honest people. All right, thank you. And, uh, you know, you take some of that stuff out, and all of a sudden it's kind of painful as you're detoxing, but the end result is you feel like I have more energy. Man, I feel healthier. I'm happier. Um, there's a lot of benefits to it. Uh, well, the same thing happens in our spirit. When we begin to detox from some things in our spiritual life, I guarantee you, you'll experience the joy of the Lord more. You'll be healthier. You'll be happier. You'll understand scripture better. You'll, you'll just want to be involved and around community. It's a great thing. And so we've been talking through this idea of detox, and today I want to talk to you about the idea of detoxing from bitterness, detoxing from bitterness, and now uh, there's something you need to understand on this one. I believe out of all the ones that we're going to talk about today, or this, this for this series, that today's is probably one of the most crucial and most essential, because what you're going to discover as we go through scripture is that bitterness will hold you back in almost every area of your life. That literally the idea of unforgiveness and bitterness has actually been linked. And remember, I told you earlier I was a psychology major, so a lot of what I share with you comes from my classes back then. So if I'm not quoting to you specific statistics, it's things that are coming back to me through my studies. But that literally unforgiveness and bitterness has been linked to physical problems in people's bodies. And, and as you begin to detox from bitterness, you're going to begin to see even your natural health come to a new level. It impacts relationships. It impacts your spirituality. It impacts every single area of our life. But I believe with all my heart, as we begin to grasp onto Scripture today and begin to understand it, that you'll begin to detox from it, and God will do some amazing things in your life. I believe that today someone's going to get set free. Amen. Amen. So we're going to jump into Exodus here, and we're going to read a scripture, and then we're going to go to Hebrews. What's happening? Why is it the Exodus? Why is that the name of the book? Real simple. It's because it's about the children of Israel, God's people, the Jewish people, exiting out of slavery, exiting out of bondage in Egypt. And so the whole book documents that. And that this, this process of them leaving this bondage, leaving these moments and coming into what they know as the promised land, and it was called the land of Canaan. And so there's some incredible things happening throughout this whole entire book. But as they leave uh, Egypt, and as they're, they're, they're going, actually it's when they uh, cross over what was called the Red Sea. Pretty cool story in the Bible. Uh, the Red Sea parts, the children of Israel, God's people go across on it. And then the sea collapses back on the Egyptians, destroying them all, and God's people get to go free. So we're going to pick it up here now in, in chapter 16. And we're going to read just, uh, I'm sorry, uh, chapter 15. And we're just going to uh, read a, a few verses here. They're about three days' journey out, and they really don't have all the supplies they need. And the Bible says they're thirsty. And so here we are, Exodus chapter 15, verse 22. 
And it says this, then it says, then Moses, Moses is the, the major figure in this story, leading the people. Then Moses led Israel on from the Red Sea, and they went out to the wilderness of Shur. They journeyed for three days in the wilderness without finding water. Now, if you're traveling for three days in the wilderness without water, you're going to be thirsty too, right? Okay. So now what happens is, is the people are literally murmuring and complaining. They're frustrated. We, we thought we were going to, you know, be free and we're going to worship God. And, and, but yet here they find themselves in a, in a perplexing place because they've journeyed out looking for the promised land. They're only three days in, but yet there's no water, so they're thirsty. So they begin to complain, and they actually want to begin to go back to Egypt. And they came to Marah. But they could not drink the water at Marah, and listen to it now, because it was bitter. That is why it was named Marah. Guess what Marah means? Yeah, it means bitter, right? The people grumbled to Moses, what are we going to drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he threw it into the water, the water became drinkable. Wow. Three days journey. They haven't drank anything. They're thirsty. They're complaining. They get there. The water's bitter. And now they're like, Moses, I don't know what we're going to do. We're about to die uh, of thirst. And matter of fact, we would have been better had we stayed back there and just stayed in bondage, stayed in trapped, and stayed in that place. And now we're just going to die without water. Moses looks to God, and God says, see that tree? Now, I don't know if it was a special tree, but what we're going to discover is that this tree was very prophetic in nature. It, it begins to show us something in the New Testament that we're going to read in just a minute. And it says, take that tree, throw it in the water. Water became drinkable. They drink. They go on. They eventually get to the promised land. Now, go with me to the New Testament, to a book called Hebrews. It's a little ways in in the New Testament. And uh, in this passage... Uh, we're going to read uh, another passage or another short little moment about bitterness. Now, here's some things you need to understand about the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews is now written to uh, those that we just read about. It's written to their ancestors, okay? So this whole book now is written to Christian Jews that are coming out of Judaism, and they're coming into this grace movement called Christianity. They're leaving behind laws and regulations and structures and systems that they thought they had to do in order to be right with God. Christ comes along and says, nope, there's a better way. And that's what the whole book of Hebrews is about. If you read the book of Hebrews, the whole book of Hebrews is about that Christ is the better David, he's the better Moses, he's the better Joshua, he's the better all of those things. And so the writer now, which is assumed to be Paul, is writing to Christian Jews that are coming out of Judaism into Christianity. And at this moment, they're about ready to slip back into Judaism, okay, because they're being persecuted. They're, they're, there's trouble in front of them. And so now they're, they're literally tempted. You know, it would be better for us just to go back into Judaism. It would be better for us to stay back there. Doesn't that sound like their ancestors long ago? Okay. And so now the writer says, hold on a second. Don't, don't do that. Let's read what it says. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. And it says, pursue peace with everyone and holiness. Okay? So do your best to be in right standing with others. Make sure there's nothing between you and other people. And also pursue God and make sure that's holiness and make sure there's nothing between you and God. Without it, no one will see the Lord. Wow. Without what? Without right standing with others because that is crucial in God's kingdom. Okay? And without pursuing God and having a relationship with him, you're not going to see the Lord. 
Verse 15, make sure that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up causing trouble and by it defiling many. Wow. Think about that verse for a moment. Here it is. We read an Old Testament, Old Testament passage. Man, here's these, these Jewish people coming out of bondage, and they're ready to go back. Why? Because the waters are bitter. And, and God says to Moses, see that, that tree? Throw that tree in the water. Make it drinkable. Here we are in the New Testament now, hundreds if not thousands of years later, and now their ancestors are being put in bondage now in religion. They're putting bondage now and living by rules and regulations and judgments and laws that they have to fulfill. Christ comes on the scene and says, no, 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 I died to set you free from that. I died to fulfill the law because you can't do it, and so I did it. And all you need to do now is continue on in my grace, but don't fall short of grace through bitterness. Are you with me? And that same image that we see in the Old Testament where, where God says, Moses, take a tree, throw it into the water, is the same image now being portrayed for these new Christians when they say, hey, see the wooden cross that Jesus Christ died on it? That tree right there will set you free from a root of bitterness. Are you with me this morning? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, that, Lord, you would speak to us, spirit, soul, and body. Lord, no matter where we're at in our spiritual journey, that we would walk out of this place having moved a little bit further along in the process. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. We're going to come back to that moment in just a second, but I want, I want to point something out here real quickly, and that is this, is that, that, that this idea of bitterness, it's a root, Right? And it says, don't let any root of bitterness be inside of you. Why does he say that? He says that in context to, hey, don't fall short of the grace of God. Now, how do you fall short of the grace of God? What does that even mean to fall short of the grace? I mean, if God's grace is sufficient and it's not based on me, it's based on everything he does and I just respond in faith, what does it mean for me to fall short of the grace of God? Well, in context in Hebrews, what it's talking about, it's talking about these Hebrew Christians, all right? They've come out of Judaism and, and God's grace is on them and moving them forward in the process, but now they've hit a, a roadblock, seemingly it's some bitterness, there's something going on between other believers and, and people around them. That's why it says, hey, pursue peace with everyone and with God. And so there's something happening relationally, and the writer begins to address that and says, hold on a second, don't go back into old ways, don't go back into old things, don't take a step back into bondage. If you do that, you're, you're falling short of the work of God's grace in your life. Are you with me? Because the same grace that pulls you out of bondage, the same grace that pulls you out of sin, the same grace that pulls you away from all of those things is the same grace through Jesus that brings you in to the promises of God. Now, I wish that it was overnight. I wish that we could leave something, much like the children of Israel. It would have been nice if they left Egypt, and once they crossed over the, the Red Sea, boom, they're in the promised land. But what you discover is that there's a process in our journey, and it's a grace process. And so don't fall short of the complete work of Christ. That's what it's talking about, these Hebrew Christians. Don't fall short of the grace work of Jesus Christ in your life because there's something going on with another brother and sister in Christ. Are you with me? 
There's these roots. Now, I don't know a whole lot about roots, all right? I'm, I mean, I'm not really a, what do they call those people? I don't, you know, yard workers. There's a specific name for them. Landscaper, but there's even a better term for them. Oh, agri- oh, yeah, one of those guys. And they know a lot, right? I don't know a whole lot. All I know is I, I know how to throw some seed down, and occasionally I know how to get that seed to grow. Um, this last summer, my wife begged me to build a raised garden for her, and, and I actually had another project I was going to do that I really wanted to do to make this beautiful deck and stuff, and I was so set on it. She goes, well, I really want a garden, so I put that on hold for her, and we took that money instead, and we built the garden. I said, okay, my part is I'm going to build the garden. Your part is to plant and to keep the garden, all right? And so I built this thing, and I got it all ready, and she planted some stuff, and I am happy to say today that we have zero things growing, okay? It all dead, all dead. Now, of course, it was probably my fault because of the soil I picked. I get it. Okay, I'll take responsibility. This one's on me, okay? So we're not the best with this type of thing. I remember at my old house, um, the, the backyard needed to be done, and I was so excited to do this backyard. It was a cute little, little house in, in Normal Heights area. It had a big backyard, though, and I'm like, hey, I want to do something with this, with this thing. And so we planted grass, and now we, we tilled up that soil. We pulled stuff out, and I remember there were these two trees that looked like they were dying. Come to find out later, that's what they looked like in that season, but I cut them down anyway. Are you with me? Okay. And because they looked dead to me. And they were like, I mean, come on, why are two dead trees sitting in the middle? There was some, I guess there was some special kind of Asian fruit tree I found out later, but whatever. And so we get rid of those and we pull up roots and we get this thing ready. And I remember there was a few roots still of that tree and it, it looked dead. I'm like, come on, it's not growing anything. It's not a big deal. And so I just let them big and so I'm going to leave them there, right? And so we bring in all the soil. Man, we plant the grass and man, we water it 15 times a day or whatever it was. And, and sure enough, this beautiful green grass starts starts coming up and we are so excited but we got to wait like you know weeks before we can play on it and the kids are just like I want to go out there and and so we get this grass and now it's beautiful we mow it we're watering it but within a couple months all of a sudden I see these tree things begin to grow and I'm like what is that I did not plant that are you with me right I did not put that there. I did not plant that. What's going on with that? And, and so I just start plucking them and plucking them. And I remember I was gone for a week, and I come back, and there are all these little trees everywhere in my yard. And I'm like, what is going on? Get behind me, Satan, right? I'm like, this is not right. What's happening to my yard? And so I, I, I'm tired of plucking them up, so I begin to get a little shovel out, and I begin to do a little digging, and I go down a little further, and there are those God-forsaken roots. Come on, somebody that I had left down there, and there is life coming out of them. And stuff is growing, but now they have literally spread everywhere throughout the yard, and I have all these little trees growing everywhere. And I was so mad because now the roots are strong because I've been watering them. I've been fertilizing them. Are you with me? I've been throwing fertilizer on the grass. I've been throwing water on the grass, and they are now springing up everywhere, and I'm going insane. And I'm like, what in the world happened? The problem was is I never took care of the roots. This is exactly what Paul, who we think the author of Hebrews is, is saying. He's like, look, guys, don't let any roots of bitterness be in you. Because if it's there, look what it says, it'll cause all kinds of trouble. Not just a certain kind of trouble, all kinds of trouble you will have. And so he says, you've got to address the root of bitterness. Are you with me today? Why do people get bitter? There's lots of reasons why people get bitter. Uh, things don't, let me just give you a couple in order because they might come on the screen and then you'll be confused. One, here's one, a life event happens 
where there's no seemingly good explanation for the event. Anybody ever been there before? Something happens, you're like, that was not on my radar, that was not planned, that was not in my desires. It happens, you get frustrated with it, you, you don't understand why it's there. Anybody ever have that happen before, or is it just me? And, and not dealt with, right, you, you can have a root of bitterness that begins to get inside of you. Number two, people have harbored hurts deep in their hearts, things that have happened in the past, things that have happened long ago. Here's the thing I know about that is that if you harbor those hurts, not only impact that relationship, but it'll impact future relationships because you begin to look at everybody through that lens, right? All of a sudden now you have a chip on your shoulder, like, as we like to call it. You walk around, you look at people skeptical. You look at people and you're already drawing conclusions because you've never dealt with the root of bitterness. Why do people get bitter? Number three, feelings of not getting what we deserve or things working out the way you expected. I'll read that one again. Feelings of not getting what you deserve. Wow. Think about that. That feeling of like, I deserve that, not this. Or why do they get that and I don't get that? That, that can happen every day. Someone gets promoted on your job. I've been working just as hard as they have. It's getting quiet. Am I stepping on toes? I, I, I put in just as much work, just as much time. I've been here longer. Well, this isn't the way. I mean, I, I've, I've, been a, I've been a faithful wife. Why did this happen? I've been a faithful husband. Why did this happen? Things didn't work out the way we thought, and we didn't get what we thought we deserved. And so now feelings of bitterness begin to spring up. Number four, not forgiving people for things they have done to us. So now you hold grudges. Not us, but the people that aren't here today, right? They hold grudges. Offended. Bitterness springs up. Author of Hebrews says, guys, you got to deal with this root because it'll cause all sorts of problems in your life. Several things we need to understand about, about bitterness. Let me just give them to you real quickly. Number one, we see here in scripture that bitterness has a root. Bitterness has a root. Now, before something can have a root, it has to start out as a seed. And, and can I tell you this that, that throughout life, all sorts of seeds are scattered in our life. Seeds of love, and so we, we now have roots of love. We have good roots too, right? Now we have roots of love, and we know what it is to love somebody else, to receive love, to give love, to share in love. We have, we have seeds of happiness and gladness, and so we understand what that is, and those are good roots to have, but the same thing happens with bitterness. It didn't start out as a root, but, but what the writer's saying is, look, there's obviously a seed there that got, that got sown. Now here's what you need to understand. It doesn't mean you necessarily sowed the seed, but... Now there's a root that you're responsible with. Because even though maybe you didn't sow the seed, you cultivated it and now has roots. And those roots are in the soil of your life. You with me? Just like those, those, those tree roots in my yard, I didn't plant them there. I didn't put them there. I wanted to get rid of them. The thing looked dead. I didn't put those there. But because I started to water that soil and I gave it good soil, because I started to fertilize that soil, all of a sudden now it became my problem. Are you with me? Here, here's what you need to understand. 
You can't do anything about what somebody does to you, but you can do something about the way you respond to it. And the way we respond to what happens to us will determine the soil, the fertilizer, the watering, and the growth of that root. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor. I'm getting something out of this. Awesome. Okay. Because there are so many people that walk around with chips on their shoulder, with bitterness, with resentment towards somebody else, and they're holding on to it, thinking about how awful that person is and what they did to me and what they've done to me and what they're probably doing to everybody else, right? But yet they're walking around free and happy, probably have no clue that you're even bitter at them. And your life is being destroyed because you're not willing to let that thing go. Wow. We got to we got to be responsible for the soil. Why? Because the root of bitterness, man, it's there. And when there's a root, that means it's been cultivated. It means it's been watered. It means it's been, so we've got to guard the soil. We've got to control how we handle circumstances and situations in our life. Here, here, here's typically how we deal with it, though. Okay? You deal with it like I did with my yard. Tree's coming up. Whack. Right? Oh, I don't see it anymore. It's gone. Weeks later, tree's coming up. Whack. Oh, good. It's gone. Right? We got to learn to deal with it. Too often times we deal with the fruit rather than the root. And if we do that, we will spend all of our life dealing with these roots or these fruits in our life. But if we would just go to the root, come on, somebody. Secondly, secondly, the root of bitterness will cause trouble. Know what it says here in Scripture? Know what the writer says? Man, watch out for a root of bitterness because it will cause all kinds of trouble. I wish it would have said it would cause just this type of trouble. But it kind of leaves it open out there for us. It causes all kinds of trouble. What kind of trouble does it cause? Bitterness, it will cause spiritual trouble. It will cut you off from God's grace. Or at least keep you from moving forward in it. Don't fall short of the grace work that's in your life because you're offended at somebody else because there's bitterness. Don't do that. It'll impact you spiritually. It'll cause physical problems. Bitterness has been medically linked to glandular problems, high blood pressure, cardiac disorders, ulcers, and even insanity. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go crazy. At least not that kind of crazy, right? I, I, I'm telling you, I've worked with so many people, and when we've dug into spiritually what's happening in their life, and forgiveness was given, it released them from so much stuff in their life, physical things in their life. It causes depression. It causes anxiety. It causes all sorts of trouble uh, emotionally. Discouragement. Playing the victim's mentality. It'll cause problems relationally. Relationally. Not just in the one that you think that you're bitter at, but in all sorts of relationships. That's why the writer says, hey, guys, pursue peace with everybody. Pursue a good and right standing with God. Don't let any root of bitterness be there. Lest you fall short of God's grace. First and foremost, we must know that this has a root. Secondly, we must know that it causes all sorts of trouble. Thirdly, we must respond the right way to this root. We must respond the right way for forgiveness to take place. 
What is the right response? When, when bitterness, when you discover bitterness in your life. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. There are probably plenty of us in here that can think of a moment or an instant in our life that we felt bitterness towards somebody. That we felt this, this way towards an individual. Uh, maybe some of us, it's right now. And it's holding us back. Maybe there's, there's things in our life like, I don't know why this has happened. I don't know why I'm not advanced. I don't know why I don't feel the presence of God. I don't know why. Why do I feel like I'm falling short? If I ask for a raise of hands, for many of you could raise your hand. Some of you may be presently. Some of you may be thinking back to your past. Maybe you're neither of those. Take good notes. There's going to come a day. Right? But we've got to know what to do with it. We must respond the right way. What is the right way? The right way is to go down and remove the root. I, you'll, you'll go crazy. I literally went crazy that summer trying to deal with my yard nonstop, getting rid of the fruit of these, of these roots. Literally, I probably let it go for three or four months, and then finally I'm like, just I'm getting a shovel out. I'm digging. I don't know if I got them all. I should ask you how your backyard. Yeah, it's looking good. All right, sweet. Good, I got them, you know. We have to go to the root. How do we go to the root? How do we dig up a root? Let me just give this to you. How do I dig up a root? A great way to dig up the root. A, here it is. Keep Christ as the center of your life. Keep Christ as the center of your life. Look at what happened in Exodus. Exodus was pointing to the New Testament, here are the Hebrew people, the children of God, coming out of slavery, coming out of bondage, making their way out. And they aren't more than three days out. And the, one of the very first things that gets addressed is the idea of bitterness. They're three days out on this journey. They're thirsty. They're parched. They think they're going to die. They want to go back to slavery. God says, hold on a second. There's water. They go to drink it. It's bitter. Now they're upset at Moses. Now they're pointing the finger at everybody else, playing the victim's mentality. Moses cries out to God. God says, hold on a second. I've made provision. The provision is that tree right over there. Just go ahead and look to the tree. Take the tree. Put it in the water and watch and see what happens. And instantly when that tree hit the water, the waters were drinkable. New Testament, here's Christ on the scene. He hangs on a tree. He hangs on a cross. And if we are to look to that cross and keep Christ at the center of everything we do, it is nearly impossible for you to walk with bitterness towards another individual. It was pointed to in the Old Testament, and it was lived out in the New Testament. If you ever study your Bible, there's something you need to understand that, that all of these stories in the Old Testament, they are historical in nature, but they're also very prophetic in nature. We read them from a historical context and see what took place, but throughout of it intertwined is images of what Christ is going to do in the New Testament. And so we get to the New Testament and we see that Christ fulfills and becomes on that cross, that tree that heals all bitterness. And unforgiveness, it's right there at the cross of Jesus Christ. And I would say this, ladies and gentlemen, it is nearly impossible. It is nearly impossible to walk with bitterness towards somebody else when Christ is at the center of your life. Nearly impossible. Dig up the root. How do I do it? Keep Christ at the center. B, acknowledge you've been hurt. Really? Yeah, just acknowledge it. Christ is at the center, but you know what? These are my feelings right now, and my feelings are legit. Whether or not they actually meant that, I don't know, but this is the way I feel. Acknowledge them. God, this is how I feel. I, I don't like so-and-so right now. Matter of fact, so-and-so, they're a jerk. 
Matter of fact, if, if, you know, if, if murder wasn't wrong, I might do it. Have that conversation with God, just not openly in the public, all right? Just, right? I just, man, I'm, I'm angry. I don't like that person right now. Acknowledge it. As Christ is at the center and say, this is what I'm feeling. And I guarantee you, he's a good God. He'll come alongside and he'll paint his picture for you. Yes, yeah, son, daughter, I know how you feel. There was a time in my life where I hung on a cross for a couple hours, right? Acknowledge it. How do I dig it up? Lastly, see, forgive as Christ has forgiven you. Forgive as Christ has forgiven you. Matthew 16, 14 tells us, for if you forgive people their wrongdoing, your heavenly father will forgive you as well. Forgive as others have forgiven you. Listen to the Bible. For if you forgive people their wrongdoings, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. Now let me tell you this. Just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean you have to go be best buds with them. Right? Doesn't mean that, okay, I've forgiven you. Let's go bowling. Because that's what best friends do. I don't know. But, you know, whatever it is you do. Like, no. You can forgive you can let go. Matter of fact, there's a song out there. Thank you. Like, I wasn't going to do it, but you did it, right? It's like, I didn't want to do it because it'll be stuck in your mind all day long. But listen, you just need to let it go. Let it go. Over. Let it go, right? <laughs> Honestly, there are some things in our life we just need to let it go. Let it go at the cross of Jesus. Admit how you feel in your heart. Let it go with others. There are people that you physically need to go to and say, will you forgive me for harboring bitterness in my heart towards you? You don't need to get into the specifics and the longevity of it. You don't need to go and say, hey, I need to forgive you because you're a jerk. That won't work. Because you can't forgive them for being a jerk. Like, they, they were the jerk. But what you can do is you can go to them and say, hey, will you forgive me because I've harbored bitterness in my heart towards you, and I was wrong. And you're like, dude, sorry, what did I do? doesn't matter. You're just a jerk. But just kidding. Right? And we let it go. Keep Christ at the center. Embrace the fact that what you're walking through is real, and then let it go. Forgive others as Christ has forgiven you. And watch healing take place in your life. Watch restoration take place in your life. Watch deliverance take place in your life. Watch yourself walk in peace with other individuals and at peace with God. Lord, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is amazing. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.